0: Hey everyone, before the story starts, I wanted to let you all know that the first story in this video contains some pretty strong sexual abuse, so if that's something you want to avoid listening to, I'll be sure to add timestamps in the video description and in a pinned comment. All that being said, let's begin. So I'm a female and at the time I was 13 years old. I grew up in southern Arizona on the outskirts of a relatively small town. The neighborhood that I lived in was pretty small and it had a wash on both sides, which was pretty common for the area. Across the wash facing us was another neighborhood that had about five different streets, which was larger than our small one street with only a few houses. The wash was small and it had a clear path across from it. Because of the amount of kids in the neighborhood, it really wasn't that uncommon for us to cross the wash to go to a friend's house or even hang out in the wash itself. One group in particular would cross to hang out with us on our street. Jack, Leo, and Chris were their names. Jack is my age, Chris is a couple years older, and his brother Leo is my younger brother AJ's friend. There was also Eric, who I've actually known longer than the rest of them, as he lived on my street. We're pretty close friends, despite the two-year age gap. We usually all got together over school breaks, since we all had free time. Plus, our parents would sometimes want us to get out of the house, and I can't really blame them for that. It was over one of these breaks when all of this took place. Jack was out of town, and Eric had a project to work on, so it was just my brother, Leo, Chris, and I. Since AJ and Leo were the same age, they would often keep to themselves rather than hang out with their siblings. Really, it was just Chris and I. He was always a bit of a troublemaker. Never anything terrible, maybe a fight here or there, and occasional drinking. He was known around school for this, but he never got into trouble since it was usually off campus and it didn't really happen that often. He was a chill guy, but no one messed with them. The weather was really nice on this day and Chris actually suggested that maybe we should go into the wash to avoid our brothers. I'd been down there a hundred times and I wouldn't pass down an opportunity to get away from my brother. We walked into the wash heading further and further away from the street until we then found a really small cutout from the trail. We stopped there and we continued talking. That's when he then suggested, hey, we should play truth or dare. I wasn't opposed to the idea, so I agreed. The game just kinda went as usual. He had asked me a few slightly inappropriate truths, but nothing to really raise any red flags. I mean, it was just teenage boy talk, right? Well, after maybe about 15 or so minutes of playing, I decided to choose Dare. Alright, I dare you to give me a blowjob. I was really taken aback by this, but and I thought that he was just joking, and I laughed it off. <laughs> That's funny, good one. But what's the actual dare? I wasn't joking, he said. I didn't know what to do. I should have just gotten up and left right then and there, but and I didn't. I just froze. That's when I started to feel nervous. I was trying to convince myself that it was all just a joke. He had to be kidding. There's just no way he's serious, I thought to myself. Before I could do anything, he then grabbed and pulled me to him and then kissed me. I'd never been kissed before, but I just knew this wasn't right. I tried to pull away, but he wouldn't let me go. I was shaking, and I had started to cry, but he still didn't stop. When he finally did, I was still confused, but I was sure it was over. God, I really wish that was the end of it. He looked me in the eye, still holding onto my wrists, then saying, You know, you still have to do your dare. You can probably fill in what happened next. The whole ordeal couldn't have been longer than 15 minutes, but it felt like it would never end. You can probably imagine just how happy I was when I got a call from Eric asking where I was. He had gone to my house to ask if I could hang out when my brother told him I wasn't home. I guess Chris realized that he couldn't get away with anything else, but before letting me go, he made me swear not to tell anyone. I didn't care. I promised to him that no one would ever find out, just anything to get me out of there. I waited till I had stopped crying before we both left, each of us walking a totally different direction home. I ran into Eric, but I told him I wasn't feeling well, and I went home. That wasn't the last time I saw him, though. We were still neighbors and I always saw him at school. I'm really glad that we didn't have any classes together since he was a grade above me. He would always try to hang out with me but I'd either make an excuse or whenever I had to I just wouldn't let him come within a few feet of me or I would leave the street. After around a year or so he had moved across the country with his family. Now I know some of you guys are probably wondering if I ever told the cops or even my parents. I didn't. I didn't tell anyone for a really long time. I haven't gotten therapy for it either. I really think that this will always have a spot in the back of my mind. But now I'm really trying to accept that it's all in the past. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe everyone. This all happened around 2007 to 2008. I was 16 when this began and 18-19 to 19 when it finally went to court. Picture a Norman Roscoe-esque suburban family. Parents, three kids, a yard and a dog and blink and you'll miss it USA. One random day, a neighbor man has a mild dispute with his neighbor. As a totally warranted response, neighbor man takes every host that he has and he floods their yard. Well solid decisions lead to solid consequences so naturally he ended up being fined for water waste my parent runs the water in small town USA and because neighbor man lived a block from us he decided to drive over to the water district then shouting that he's an acquaintance of my parent this was the second solid decision of many to come from neighbor man absolutely no one takes kindly to name droppers so tuck that little gem away under life facts My parent comes home and he tells him even if his kids did this, they would still have the same repercussions as him, gracefully glossing over the fact that other than maybe driving by one another, none of us actually had ever interacted with the neighbor man. Neighbor man repeats the name of the man working at the front desk as well as my parent's name and then claims that it's now personal, then storms out. My family members and I begin to see the neighbor man at random places like constantly the dmv the grocery store our respective jobs etc apparently when you're cocoa for cocoa puffs and your parents pay for your house you have all kinds of time to stalk and went from random sightings while you're out and about to phone calls it was the cliche 90s type of calm breathe then hang up and i can see you variety honestly at this point neighborman was more of an annoyance than scary But as I have stated, whenever you underestimate crazy, you'll lose every time. Neighbor man began parking across from our house and then staying from 6 p.m. to 4 a.m., literally just sitting in his car, blasting music and staring at our house. The fool must have had the determination and bladder of a racehorse because who the hell sits there for 10ish hours? His music was trash too. Maybe he was a masochist and really into self-harm, seeing how long he could suffer that shitty-ass music and a full bladder. I really doubt that anyone with a semi-rational concept of social interaction could even fathom why. This ended up going on from about three to four times a week to a nightly occurrence. Imagine being a 16-year-old female that doesn't even feel comfortable to change in a room because of the prospect that he might see through the blind somehow, trying to sleep while knowing he's out there. We were pretty much prisoners in our own home. He began to get bolder. There was this one instance where my sibling and her partner were coming home from a date and neighbor man drove his car speeding right up next to them on the sidewalk. They both had to physically jump out of the way to avoid being hit. He would also make really lewd gestures at me whenever I brought my dog out for a walk and he was actually waiting for my sibling to come out and join us on the walk. It was so bad that I actually ended up crying and going inside. This had been going on for about a year at this point. The cops always said the same thing. Unless there's a threat made against you or someone is harmed, there's really nothing we can do. After my incident, my parent confronted the neighbor man in the street. He called the cops and they came and asked us why we were harassing him. I'll honestly never understand why the system waits until you're a victim rather than prevent someone from being victimized. So it's almost two years in now and it's Christmas time. My parent has a brain aneurysm. Fortunately they made it through without having any lingering effects which apparently is extremely rare. I managed to convince my other parent who had been living at the hospital with their sick partner to come home and shower and eat. At about 9pm. We get a knock at the door. A random man in really ratty looking clothes is holding a Christmas present and saying that he's there to deliver it to our family. We ask him who sent it but he says that he can't say. We also ask who he works for and he just shoves the gift to my parent then leaves. As you can imagine, we're obviously uncomfortable to open it. My parent decides that they need to know what it is and they open the present. Inside is a 17 page document of the grounds on why neighbor man is suing my parent that was currently in the hospital. Even I could tell it was fake with all the grammatical errors and typos. Neighbor man took the time to sit and type this up himself thinking that it would scare us. The document and the fake details he put in didn't, but the fact that this 40 something year old man was so fixated on our family that he sat up and typed a 17 page fake document well that part did scare us things progressed, and neighbor man began pacing out in front of his car and pretending to have phone calls where he talked about pushing my parent down the stairs or knowing where we kids went to school and worked and how easy it would be to access us at any time at the time i worked a closing shift that let me off at about 1am he would be parked next to my car and follow me home one time I even tried to take random roads and he still stayed right behind me. Pulling up to the house with neighbor man parked across the street and then having to get out and run to the door was an absolute nightmare. We were all really exhausted from not only the aneurysm scare but also having to constantly look over our shoulders for this guy. My parent's friend told one of her friends who's a DA all about the situation. She called and came over, and she took on our case pro bono. Testifying was a really wild ride. We had to put in official statements prior to being called to the stand. We weren't allowed to be in the room when a family member was testifying, nor were we allowed to be in the halls as we waited our turn. Imagine reliving two plus years of traumatic experiences, being cross examined when you're made out to be a liar, and then not being able to have your family comfort or support you afterwards. That definitely wasn't ideal. There was enough to put him away for a year and a half as well as grant a felony restraining order. We ended up moving while he was still incarcerated. My sister passed away while he was in prison and he pretty much immediately tried to sue her estate when he was released. He claimed that her testimony from him running his car and her partner was false and that that was the only reason he was locked up. And get this, Apparently, all the money that people donated to a GoFundMe for her accident, he was entitled to. There's so many more details that I could mention, but this was already long enough. So, neighbor man, you made us prisoners in our own home for years. Clearly, you're still the same person and you haven't learned a thing from being locked up. I desperately hope that we never cross paths in the future. Believe it or not, but I've always been the type of person who attracted really deranged people. I'm quite young, but I don't even count anymore the number of times that I've met creeps. This one, however, I will always remember it for several reasons. Firstly, because he was my neighbor, and secondly, because it could have ended up so badly. The first time I met him was when I moved into my actual apartment. It's in a really nice house that's divided into five apartments. Mine was on the first floor, his was on the ground, and I had to walk in front of his window to get to the front door. At first, I didn't really mind him. He looked kind of creepy, but to me, everyone looks creepy. Well, he did get angry at my big brother for only walking in front of his window, but he was never aggressive to me personally. Plus, I spent most of my time studying, and I was always back at my place pretty late. Life was going pretty peacefully. I finished my studies and I got my diploma. I found myself a really great partner and I would have had everything to be happy with. I mean if it wasn't for my health. It was declining. Nothing life threatening but I had to stay at my place instead of working. My life was pretty much boring and uneventful until one day as I was tidying my internet phone then rang. Instead of answering it I just looked through my open window and I saw that the neighbor was staring right at me. He was standing there in front of the door still and kind of threatening. I asked him if he needed something, waited for him to answer, but after a really long silence, he just enters. I heard his door closing. It was really weird, but I had better things to do, so I just went back to sweeping my floor. A week later, all of his shutters were closed. There happened to be an inscription on all of them. Sealed. It didn't really look official. More like crooked handwriting and messy black marker. Once again, I brushed it off, as I was kind of glad that the creepy neighbor was gone. I figured he got arrested or something. Once again, life was peaceful, and two months after his disappearance, a really nice dude started living in the apartment. He was a really great guy, always smiling and ready to help. He had his head shaved kinda like the old neighbor, but he was chubby and really friendly. Everything was pretty good for about a year, and then things went downhill. And oh boy, how ugly it got. I usually always said hello to the neighbor. He would politely ask me about my day, about my partner's day, and pretty much everything. That day in question, though, he didn't say hello to me when I passed his window like he usually did. Instead, he was sitting in his chair just staring at me with dark eyes, following my every move. I did still wave at him, smiling, though. I figured he just had a bad day. Since then, I would always see him in the daytime, sitting in the dark and looking through the window. And during his nights, well, he would be blasting heavy metal while he laughed and screamed like a maniac. At this point, neither me or any of the other neighbors could sleep. We kept calling the police, but they didn't really care about some noise. I don't know when exactly that I figured the nice neighbor was the creepy neighbor, but when I did, it left me with a really sour taste in my mouth for some reason. Probably because I knew for sure that he had a history of violence. Then one day, I was at a friend's for a week. Since my partner was working, he was keeping our apartment. I was shopping with my friend when I received a message that made me shiver. Apparently the neighbor had let himself into our apartment. My partner didn't notice that he left the door unlocked and the neighbor just climbed up the stairs, opened our door, then entered inside. I can't say exactly what happened since I wasn't there, but apparently he wanted to shave my partner's hair and eyebrow. He was absolutely delirious, having a hard time talking and just overall gibberish. My partner managed to get him out and closed the door. He was merely amused by the whole thing. When I finally got back, things were getting worse. First, he would stop me and my partner in the street telling us how the only reliable source of information was our toaster. Then he started to corner me. He would wait for me to almost reach the door, and then he would violently open his own door. Then he would tell me how I shouldn't go out and how I shouldn't trust anyone but him. It was pretty clear as day how bad his mental health was, as his speech was more and more slurry. He would also take long pauses while staring to the side. During two weeks, he managed to corner me four times. I mean, it was literally the only four times that I was going out alone during those two damn weeks. This was a really awful time for me. I couldn't leave my apartment alone. I couldn't live the life that I wanted and I had to just stay locked in my place waiting for my partner. Even with precaution, I just kept meeting him and the more I saw him, the more uneasy I grew. For weeks, it felt like I was a hostage at my own place. I should have called the police. As our encounters were more and more regular, he grew agitated. He would fidget, he would look all over, and he kept getting closer to me. There was actually a point where I could feel his moist breath on my skin. I didn't know what to do. I was terrified to call the cops because all of our other neighbors were on vacation. I was really afraid that he would hurt me if I called the cops. Until this day. I had to meet my boyfriend at a barn near our place. My first mistake was leaving long after my partner. I quietly climbed down the stairs, not making any noise when I opened the door and tried to sneak away from his window. He saw me. He opened the window and for the first time in what seemed like forever, he then told me in clear speech, Don't go outside. Stay at home. If you need something, come to me or go out on Monday at 7 a.m. I frightfully agreed and I smiled at him, my hands gripping on my purse. I looked at him closing his window and I waited for him to turn his back so that I could start walking away. When he saw me walking away, he then screamed at me. Hey, don't fucking go. I saw him reach for his door and I felt my blood run cold. I was absolutely nothing compared to him. I had no strength whatsoever. I was just a still, quiet, sick person against a really massive man. So I ran. I ran for about two minutes straight to the bar, passing bystanders who I'm sure were staring at me. I ran for my life and I kept running like this until I finally saw my partner and our friends at a table. And then right at that moment, I started to cry. I collapsed on the chair and I just cried for about three minutes straight. Later on, we all went back home, our friends hiding me. My second mistake that day was to convince the others that they could go to the theater just three houses away from the apartment and that I would be fine since I wasn't going to go out. They left. It was starting to get really hot so I opened the windows before turning the fan on. I was quietly spending my evening sipping on iced tea and watching some stupid videos. When someone then knocked, I knew who it was. There was only one person who would pounce on my door like that so I just knew it was the maniac neighbor. I didn't answer, I just froze on my couch. The only thing I was able to think about was that this thin door was really the only obstacle between us. Then he started screaming. I wasn't able to make out everything he said. The fan was covering much of his screaming but I can still remember some of it. Children of the devil, trust, open the fucking door. And then the worst one yet you're gonna burn then there was this laughing that was literally straight out of a damn horror movie it was when i heard him laughing that it really dawned on me just how alone i really was how we were the only two people in this whole house how he could have just snapped open the door and god knows what else i was able to find the force to get myself up go to the bathroom and then sit behind the door and then i started crying again trying to muffle the screaming and laughing I texted a friend who convinced me to call the cops. This time they answered. I called too late. He was already back to his apartment when they came. There were three polite knocks. I let them inside, the maniac neighbor now trembling. There were five officers, one of them on the step of another apartment. He had found some glasses that were partially filled with alcohol. They believed me and they tried to reassure me but at the end of the day, there was nothing they could do. I had to just sit and wait, still terrified. After this, I went to the police station and filed a report. A social worker went to the neighbor, talked to him, and apparently he sweared to not bother me ever again. Pretty much after that, it was just loud music in the middle of the night. Still though, I had these lingering feelings that it wasn't over. For about two months, everything went fine. That is until on one morning when I opened my door and I found a beer. The neighbor kept putting beers in front of my door for a week. It was 10 a.m. and I was just out of the shower, dressed in a black t-shirt but still in underwear, when my internet phone rang. Like I always did because the window reaches my stomach, I passed my head through the window. There I saw a guy who worked in an office just right in front of the house. He was maniacally screaming at me and doing these really wild gestures, obviously panicked. But then I saw it. Right beside him was the crazy neighbor, now grinning. It took me a couple of seconds to realize what was going on, way too much preoccupied by the sinister expression of my neighbor. But then I heard it. You need to get out, the house is burning. I then looked in the direction of my neighbor's apartment. Sure enough, I saw thick black smoke coming out of the open windows. I just threw on some jeans, then grabbed my keys. I wasn't able to grab my ID or even my cell phone. All I managed to grab was my clothes and keys. In the corridor, I smelt the smoke. I coughed a few times before running out. I was frightened and confused. I was supposed to go to an appointment for a job only 30 minutes from this point, but instead I was watching the place burn. I was fearing that my home would be turned into nothing more but a pile of ashes now. The neighbor was just standing there still with his crazy ass grin. He was smoking and looking at the smoke while the other guy screamed at him. See, I told you there was someone inside. I told you. I was still watching it all burn, asking myself just how long it would take before the fire reached my unit when someone then grabbed my arm. It was a woman, one of my neighbors from next door. She grabbed me and she forced me to sit on the bench with her. She took my hand and she kept telling the neighbor not to approach me. She also gave me water and she helped me contact the person that I was supposed to see for the job. Most importantly though, she didn't once let the neighbor get to me and she stood in front of me the entire time, doing her best to shield me from him. The firefighters quickly arrived along with the cops. They asked him basic questions like whether or not there was gas inside but he just mocked and laughed at them. This maniac actually had the audacity to try and smash his glass on a cop's head. That's when they arrested him. It was at this point when the woman let go of my hand. I was finally free from him. The fire was put out pretty quickly. Thanks to great isolation, it was really just his unit that got burnt. However, the level of carbon monoxide was really high, high enough to kill someone if anyone would have stayed all of his belongings were in front of his apartment the neighbor was sent to a psychiatric hospital and the landlord was finally able to break the lease one of the other neighbors told me that when he left that morning they had saw a beer in front of my door but when i exited because of the fire there was nothing there the fire was ruled as an accident and we haven't seen or heard from him since slowly over time i was able to go outside again without fearing for my life I was able to go down the stairs more freely, and after all this time, I'm finally able to rest. But there's still a little bit more before I end the story. The neighbor's belongings actually stayed for a really long time, and every time I would pass to get to the front door, I always saw his notebooks laying around. Well, my curiosity really got the best of me. Like I expected, there was a lot of random gibberish written down. There was also a lot of hate speech, but that really wasn't that shocking coming from a guy like this. Then I found something else. It was kind of like a log. It was hard to decipher until it all clicked. Right in front of my eyes were all the times when people entered or exited the apartments. This man kept track of everyone's moves. I had found my pages quite easily. Every day for at least six months, he knew when I was alone. He knew when I was going grocery shopping, how long I left for, even how I looked when I was back. Every time I passed his window, he would write it down. He would also write comments, which sometimes made sense and others didn't. But most importantly, when the fire started, he knew I was still inside and he knew I was the only one left. As you can all imagine, knowing this completely horrified me. I closed the notebook and I just went to my apartment. I really don't understand what the hell's wrong with this guy. I silently pray to never encounter him again.